0: And we are back with another Black Widow Cream Podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. I am happy to be alive. And you should be, too. Weird way to start that, huh? But I was just thinking about how dope it is to be breathing. Um, today, our guest, an amazing guest, my homie Rome rome is the lead singer of sublime sublime the band yes you heard what i'm saying sublime with rome um i've known about rome for a very long time through my homie eric eric and i would do some cartoon shit back in the day he's an incredible cartoonist homie tony and all those people um but i I haven't had a chance to link with him and we finally got to do it over a podcast which was fucking awesome so rome got to come in we got to record on the new mics So that was my first time using them, which was cool. Um, I think I learned some stuff. I think Rome will be kicking it back sometime. So I definitely got to find a way to like make them like stay on the mic. Hopefully it doesn't sound too distant. I don't think it will, but um, yeah. Rome has been with this band for quite a long time and his story is fucking insane, like insane. Like this dude was, he moved to LA from North Cal with like a little bit of money, his shit, Moved in, was trying to hustle, went to a college, like a, a music recording college, threw down 12 grand. After three weeks or something like that, he dipped. He like dipped because he got an opportunity working in a studio and it was teaching him real life experience and he loved it and the school wouldn't give him his money back, which is fucked up, man. But he didn't give a shit because he realized what was happening. And long story short, the motherfucker got linked into the sublime Squad was recording with all these engineers and they even let him sleep in the booth, in a vocal booth. This dude was literally sleeping in the vocal booth, living in the studio 24 hours a day, working his ass off. Um, and everything just led in the right path for him to end up singing for Sublime, which is crazy. He, I think he said his first show with Sublime was like a house party thing for like a couple hundred people. And the next show, which was the official like comeback of Sublime was to 20,000 people. So he went from playing 200 people to fucking 20k that's crazy this episode is incredible he's produced music he, he has his own label fresh good music um he's produced music with four he's produced music for so many different artists including like enrique iglesias he's done selena like he, he lists it all off there's so many people he's been working with he's constantly songwriting he's got an ill studio he live streams on twitch and shit which is tight so yeah anyway amazing episode you're gonna learn a lot don't forget to check out the Q&A experience me and Rome chop it up a little bit more after this episode ends Uh, available just for our Patreon supporters so thanks everyone that's supporting us on Patreon if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon patreon.com slash blackwindowcream mad other perks too so if you want to teach yourself how to be the illest content creator alive I highly suggest you check out the Patreon page because we made a lot of dope things that will help you get there quicker ah man I think that's it. I think that covers it. Shop BWNC.com if you want to pick up some Black Widow Cream merch. We got some amazing shit. Softest shit. Uh, The best merch in the world. We have hoodies that are about to sell out. We have t-shirts. Long sleeve t-shirts. We have mugs. We have hats. What else could a guy ask for? Or a girl. Yeah. So definitely check that out. We appreciate the love anytime someone cops some merch or, or becomes a Patreon member. So fuck with all y'all for that anyway let's get to this episode uh i appreciate it and let's listen to the best intro ever created right motherfucking yeah. attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you
1: will die i don't want to die do you want to live yeah.
0: You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing.
1: And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to. It goes to. Black with no cream. What do you it's think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking
0: Ben I knew you would say that. And we're back with another Black with no cream podcast. Weird way to start a show, huh?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> One of them. I was thinking that. I wasn't going to say anything, but I was like interesting intro
0: yeah just stare just stare it's at a cool. camera
1: it leaves you you know gives you some good time
0: yeah man and, and when you hear it with the actual intro over it you got to hear what i wrote because i basically just like typed it into a computer and had it like read it back to me and recorded no. that shit and it's just really creepy weird shit
1: well okay because sometimes i'll hear uh a podcast and it'll give like this like two minute grandiose intro right. to the guest yes and then i'll i'll wonder like does dude have to sit there for that <laughs> right because you know i'm like hella awkward like especially that. Like, audio i would not only. know how to feel yeah you yeah know? right
0: like, i'm sitting here like reading off the accolades and yeah, you're just right. having to sit there in like,
1: 2003 i did like, that
0: <laughs> yeah i did do that yep Rome ramirez on the on the podcast today how you doing dude
1: my brother thank you for having me
0: man i so i've known of you for a very fucking long time due to our friend our mutual friend eric Mr. over there eric friedman um i think So Eric stayed at my house. I don't know if you know our history, but he stayed at my house when he was in his punk band era, and this was like fucking 2000, what, eight, eight or nine. nine. What was the name of
1: the band again? I forgot.
0: Ready, Ready, Resist. resist. Yep. That's what it was. Ready, okay. Resist. So they played, uh, stayed on our floor. He handed me his like business card, and it was just like a little cartoon b- character. Friedman of him. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, dude, we should work. And we started, and then when he told me about you, I'm making music, so I'm like, oh, shit, this is like the first person that I know through a friend that's doing dope shit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's crazy that I'm that close to being an Iowa dog. Like, No, dude, I completely understand. You know what I mean? You don't know 100. nobody. Like, your
1: degrees of separation was like,
0: Exactly. Immediately so immediately cut down, hands down. So I was like, all right, cool. This is crazy. Like, What if I work hard enough? Maybe someday he'd hear, hear my music or some shit like that. Yeah. Or, or what, what if we open up a show for him or some shit like that? Dude, that was a dream at that time. And yeah, like, it goes, we came out to LA. I came out to LA for my homie had like a thing. Out here or whatever. So they flew us out and he was like speaking. He was like wounded we vet. So he spoke at this like event and they gave us cars. So I went a week early and hung out at my homie's house. And we came down to your guys' studio to record some like voiceovers with Eric. Yeah. I didn't think you were there, but. Uh,
1: in, a, in, a, in LA. This was in Laurel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Hun- no,
0: no. Before okay. that.
1: In Venice. Was it by at, like a beach or something? Yeah. Yeah, in Huntington. Dog. Yeah.
0: I'm from Iowa. So like my fir- first real time coming to LA and seeing some like real shit and I'm all I want to do is be in it.
1: That's so sick. And we sick. go into we're your house and you there. got the fucking that.
0: illest studio <laughs> inside this fucking crib and it's like, we went on the roof and I'm just like, yo, this is a whole fucking vibe. Like that That's shit, tough, man. the motivation for me behind that was, I don't know how to explain it to you. That's yeah. why it's weird that we're doing this finally. Cause I'm like, yo, I feel like I know you cause I paid attention to you forever <laughs> yeah. but we never really hung out. So Dude, I'm like.
1: I know that is kind of weird how that works though, so, right? Yeah. It's like, cause I know so much through you obviously. You're right. Through again, Eric. Eric. Um, And you know, it's like, yeah, like we see each other online and everything, and see all of our accomplishments and all of our, you know, where we're going around the world, and it's like, yeah, like to catch up and do something like this. I know, know? but it's tight because it's like this is this is what it's about. Then, like, this is how it should be. You know, right? Like, if two people don't like necessarily have like the time because they're so busy and they're always on the road, like, I don't know. Like, even some of my closest friends, like, I just did a podcast with Duddy. Yeah. singing guitar player for the dirty heads right and you know he's one of my best friends and like we're always just touring and stuff and it, that's actually one of the first times i've ever got to sit down and just talk straight to him. straight talk like it's weird right you know in a long ass time yeah. in years you know and i don't know it's it's like it's rad you it's, know, it's crazy
0: because I, I say that all the time too and I, my favorite thing about the podcast is like there's so many people i run into in this shit, and yeah the, the conversation, right? Like if we met at a party one night and just happened to like connect and start talking about whatever we'll talk about here and it ends up being an hour long. I'm like, damn, that shit was the most valuable conversation know, because right? you get to learn some, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's why I started doing it. I'm like, I kind of prefer it. Like I kind of prefer having my first conversation. If I'm like, oh, for sure we're gonna probably work or we'll, we'll somehow we'll be in a network of, yeah. you know, however that works out. I'm like, I kind of wanted to start here. Like have my conversa- first conversation on this shit because I learned, smart. yeah, I get to learn so much. But bro, you, yeah, you've had a career. Dude, thank you. You've had a wild career. Yeah. It's, it's dope to watch. I'm it's a spectator, crazy. man, and a fan. So it's cool to see what thank you guys you, have been man. doing. And like, I don't know, just like I said, it was so much motivation for us back home watching you guys. And like, I'm like, damn, they just played to this bit many people. Like, fuck, they're in tour buses and they go all over the place and they their fans fucking just continue to be there. Like, that's so crazy. But like...
1: It's a kind of a crazy concept to think about, you know. And I, I can relate to what you're saying from being, you know, in the Hawaii, like Ohio and then... Kind of, you know, seeing like it it may seem like it's very far away, yeah. But at the same time, when you know a homie who's like kind of like, you know, doing shit, then it feels like kind of obtainable almost. It's weird, and 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 that's a really weird place to be in. And I feel like a lot of kids, like, you know, they're they're more so, uh, they probably have more similar lives to the first. You know, option where they don't know anybody. It's crazy. But that's what's cool about the shit that you do, man. It's like you're really interactive with the community. So, yeah,
0: I'm trying, man. It
1: gets people, um, I don't know, like that's the kind of age we're living in right now is like where hopefully it kind of feels that nothing is unachievable. Fuck yeah. I hope.
0: That's what I'm saying. I think so. I feel bad for the people that think that that is a reality that like nothing's possible. I'm like, man, that's not fucking true. It's nuts.
1: I still hear people say that kind of shit. Crazy. Must be nice. Yeah. Oh, You know, you need connections or you need cash, and like that will 100% expedite everything. For sure. However, it is not a prerequisite. No way. Nope.
0: None of this shit started out without like me sleeping on an air mattress for fucking 15 months that packing the holes with gum and shit like when I moved out here, bro. Like, Nothing starts so that easy for anybody. It's hard work. But like you coming from California, you were born and raised California. Born and raised up
1: north, yeah. Yeah. So um, like Oakland, Hayward.
0: getting into this environment and this in this scene, what was that like for you? I mean, as guy like to me I always wonder like a lot of, it's funny how many people I meet in California that aren't from here, that live here. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's like, a lot of
1: transplants, yeah, for
0: sure. But like being from California, how how is that getting into breaking into the industry? You know, how was it for yeah. you? Like how was um,
1: that? Um well I mean, as far as like okay, regionally speaking, Northern California and Southern California couldn't be any more different. Like they're almost like different states. Almost. Really? Yeah, they're they're just way different. Um, different lifestyles. Right. Different. Uh, just different kind of communal feeling. Like one, especially prior to like the Silicon Valley. Like yeah, the, right, you right, know, right. Huge boom, Google and everything. That was um, before. You know, or right around the time when I was like 14 or something, but that didn't have like a huge effect on on the area yet. Right, right. Um, so like, you know, it was kind of weird that just about six and a half hours away, there's this place called Hollywood, where everyone's dreams come true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because we're bored as hell up in the Bay Area. Right. broke. Like what? Right. Like, cause that still seems like we were in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird say, how that works. You say Ohio?
0: Yeah, dog. Is okay. So I'm from Iowa. Oh, Iowa. I, sorry, sorry. I know, sorry. but everyone Utah, thinks Ohio. it's Iowa, Utah, Ohio, and. There's another dumb one that they tell me. From, uh, I'm like, i uh, always
1: getting confused with with another one. It was, Idaho, Idaho.
0: That's the everyone one. everyone always goes to Idaho. I'm like, man, we're the corn state, bro. Which is so
1: messed up because like those are slipknot. all like Native American like yeah. tribes. <laughs> so that could be a form of racism, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, what the fuck? Like man, everyone said, no, no shame.
0: <laughs> like, Ramirez Martinez <laughs> Gomez, huh? All the same, right?
1: Right. Uh, no, but no man. No, no, totally. To- um, but
0: you're six hours away, and it's like you're sitting here. here like, I guess was it like that
1: for you when you was, were kid? totally because when you don't have a car and you don't have any cash like it could be six hours or 600 miles it's right like, you know you're, essentially it's in the same thing right so you know that's that's kind of how we were you know we never got to go down to south or anything like that and the first time i'd ever been to hollywood was the first time i moved to hollywood holy shit well that's not true i went the week before to check out my apartment right, right. like the room that i was going to be staying in damn um but that was the first time and i had been to san diego my whole entire life my right. family in san diego i've been to temecula orange county but I'd never been to L.A. I'd never been to Hollywood. That's so crazy. That, it's just a whole different world. Yeah. Like, even in California, you don't... I have all of my friends, the first time they've ever been to Hollywood still, when they come visit me. It's That's crazy. fucking crazy. Yeah. Even my mama, she's lived in California her whole life. The first time she came was to see you? To see my studio, yeah.
0: That is fucking
1: nuts. I, and my dad, Mike... I think my dad might have went once when he was like... 18 or 19 yeah, and he was like dude it's like mad ghetto I don't want to go back but like (laughs) and you know not much has changed but like dude it's like crazy so yeah like to you know I guess put it in a perception um, yeah for me it it was like I was like I knew that if I wanted to do something I had to leave like where I was at you know but and if I was to go somewhere LA would be the spot and this is where it was like Really, I'm very fortunate that it is only six and a half, seven hours away, because if for whatever reason, you know, like shit happens, I can at least have somewhere to go and you know drive up north, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like friends and family. So, so I had that, and you know, I couldn't imagine what it would be like coming from, you know across the country. Yeah, right. You know, that would be just insane.
0: That's why I always looked at, like, for me and my friends creatively, like, we had our squad, right? Like, music, content, whatever it was we were Mm -hmm. doing at the time, it was mostly music, but, like, the group of us, it was, we knew the importance of getting here. It's yeah. just every roadblock that you could ever imagine that was there. Even for me being in Iowa, I'm like, man, we need to start trying to get shows in Chicago and Minneapolis because that Minneapolis is three hours, Chicago's yeah. five.
1: Just checking away, right? But smart, dude. It's
0: like, how do we get out there? Because gas is fucking gonna cost us like a hundred bucks, and we don't. No one's really got money for that shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you always had these roadblocks, no matter what it was. But
1: everything was like that fucking close, you know? what I mean, yeah. so fucking close. I, it's you figured it out though. Yeah, I did. You know, just like I, it's just like everybody who. You know, yeah. like progresses to the next like stage, so to speak.
0: What was the pull the trigger moment for you? Like, what made you do it?
1: Um, I was getting to the age where all of my, um, all of my friends, well, like all of my friends' friends, acquaintances, they were going to colleges and stuff. All of my real friends never went to college. Right. But nobody was doing nothing, or everybody was starting to do something, mm. and that's a really awkward time to kind of be you know the dude who's good at music yeah you know and like always has weed you know kind of like guys (laughs) like you know what i mean like you kind of got to figure out something right right and you know i always had all these people who are always you know really really supportive of my music shit and were always like man you gotta take this serious you gotta do something with this you know and it was my mom she was just like straight up she's like you you gotta get out you gotta go you know move down south you got to figure out your plan but you got to do this music thing for real and try it you know really give it all so i was like okay so i started to formulate a plan which was essentially i wanted to become um like an accredited audio engineer right get pro tools certified and then start entering at a studio and then um you know work my way to like a producer and then you know maybe get a deal as an artist one day right cross your fingers and that was like the the logical like, yeah. steps that I could see. I could do that, you know, because right. I've been recording music since I was 13, mm. so I pretty much knew um, the science of that. So going to school would just be like, you know, something I p- would be interested in, so I figured I-, I would, you know, do relatively well at it.
0: But at the time, was it something where, like, to, to get into a studio, to intern, to get a job, you had yeah. to have that background of going to, to the class to get, like, certified in whatever it was? That's what I thought, that's what
1: I, th- it, it's connections right. so that's merely like how I saw it like I was at least kind of hip to the drive to know that you know college degrees don't get you into the music industry right but the way I saw it was I, I think the course was like twelve thousand dollars yeah so it was like twelve thousand dollars investment to get a little bit closer to maybe some people right. that might you know connect me to the music industry hmm. um, and it did in a very weird, loose, non-transactional type of way. But essentially, you know, that that was like the firing point. That so was you did like the you point. did go to the school? I went to the school, and within uh, the first eight weeks, I had already met um, the engineer of the studio, who was best friends with uh, the bass player to Sublime, Eric, at the time. Wow! So it was like it was relatively quick when yeah. things started to kind of move. Like I went to the school. And um look, like I said, like I'd kinda already known how to record music. And I one of my friends had graduated from that school two years prior, so he kinda sent me the curriculum. Yeah. And I went and just studied it ahead of time Hell while I yeah. worked and saved up money. Right. Um at Starbucks. And uh shout at Starbucks. Big sometimes. shout out sometimes. <laughs> um and uh and yeah, man, so when I got there I was like, yo, this is gonna be sick, I'm gonna be like, you know, big shot and I got there and yeah, dude, I was like blowing through everything and I was like making all these friends and I was like helping people record and I was like, this is tight. I never, yeah. This is like, finally I'm like a good student. You right, know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. I this made is it. so yeah. rad, like yeah. I could stay in college forever. And then I started working at that studio like literally like two or three weeks into into going to the school there.
0: As like a job or an internship? As like an intern. So they yeah, pre- does the school up. set you up for that? Or is that like no, you had to do the finessing?
1: To- total finesse. Right. I-, I met a kid who went there who was seeing this girl. And then um, they ended up splitting. I never really liked dude. So I was lightweight, kind of started seeing that chick. And she was, like, <laughs> she was like a singer and guitar player. And she worked at this studio in Coast... Or she was recording at this studio in Orange County. Got it. And so that was like, I would just go with her to the studio. Right, right, right. And you know, just like, just sit quiet, you know? Be like, yeah. Yo, y'all want me to run to the store and get you guys some joints, or like some beer or anything, right. like whatever. I was like 19, so I couldn't get beer. But pretty much anything else, like just fly on the wall, bring value to the room. Always mm-hmm. been my MO. And um, and yeah, that. man, like that was like the, that was like the the kind of, you know, how it all trickled out, but. So did you after about the school? Like, No, so after about like three weeks in, to the school i'm like working or after about like five weeks in i'm like really spending a lot of time at this studio and i'm really learning shit like everything fuck the textbook yeah he's like showing me like see this is why you don't over compress vocals right because it sounds like that yeah you know and like gain staging and all this shit is like you're gonna really have a 32 bar verse before you get to your course right. i don't know right <laughs> do i not you yeah, know right so like i mean it was like just Real school. That's Everything I tight. could ever, that's what I, I would've paid 20 for that. For sure. So I went back to the school and I was like, yo, um, dude, the greatest news guy, like, I'm so, I'm always optimistic Yeah. Guy. I'm like, my counselor, dude, sickest thing just happened. I'm working at this studio, I showed him, I can sing and play guitar, he loves my shit, he wants to develop me, like, uh can i get my money back because i want to go live over there <laughs> like and like they're no like no way hell nah. no way no way damn so i had to go through this whole thing and they gave me like a grand back out of the whole 12k uh yeah and oh. i took out a loan for like 17 racks no yeah and i spent like five of it on living uh oh, yeah shit. it was it was it was a thing but you know i didn't give a shit about any of that because i was doing what i was loving to do Poor than hell
0: i love that but
1: that doesn't matter because i was like i was just
0: yeah i already felt
1: like i made it at that point because i was working like he had a plaque in his studio i was like mom right look at this. this is crazy you know
0: man i i love that because i feel it, it's crazy because i i'm i don't know i heard someone say it the other day and it made me think of like this is who i am it's like they remin they damn i don't know how he worded it but it's like you almost i, I always get like sad when i think about old times because like that shit yeah. makes me think of what i was doing in college what i was doing when i was like bootstrapping shit trying to figure out how to pull stuff up and I miss that like I'm like man I really miss how hungry we were back then and like it's a different hunger now but I feel like it's so spread out it's so business oriented and shit now like
1: everyone's time is a lot more finite yeah
0: like there's it's way too easy to multitask and I feel like people are learning that so they step away but I love that it's like fuck it like I'm gonna put it all in and then to be able to land someone like that so wait who was who was teaching you? Uh, Lewis Richards Okay Yeah he
1: has a studio Out in Costa Mesa Called uh, 17th Street Recordings I believe That's okay, what it's word. called now um, At the time It was called Costa Mesa Recording But Yeah man And you know He, he was involved um, With the With the self-titled album He was like Assistant engineer You know Almost probably In the same situation As I was Right But I mean You know Leaves and bounds Higher than where I was at But Right You know He was assistant engineer For um, I don't I think it was Miguel Mike Happold, who was a producer for the soft title record. Right. Or most of Sublime's catalog as well. So, for me, even like. That close,
0: you're still that. In, that's eight the, degrees of separation yep. became
1: .5. Yep. I'm sitting there looking at the plaque for my favorite album in Damn. my life. And, you know, so as like, uh, um, so I, I left that school anyway. I was like, whatever, give me as much money as you can, because I got something going on over here. Right. And, um, you know, I, I pretty much told him, like, I was like, "Yo, man, I ditched my school. I haven't paid rent. My spot for like three months. You know, I'm renting a living room, a couch, I'm sleeping on, in Hollywood. Um, can I like get a job somewhere, like, help you out, like, at the studio?" And he was like, "If you help me run my studio and, and try and bring me clientele, um, I'll let you sleep in the vocal booth." Oh shit! And I was like. 100,000%. Let's go. You're never so leaving fucking, that motherfucker. Yeah, ditched all the shit that I didn't need. Bag of clothes, guitar, moved in. And every single day, my life was filled with working in the studio for like two years.
0: Holy shit. And that
1: was like my dream.
0: So like, what kind of jobs were you doing at the time? Just everything. Everything.
1: everything mopping to, to, Patch, to Patch Bay, to like writing songs for people who never wrote songs, with their dad's rich. Like... <laughs> You know, and they buy, like, they're right in the studio for the day, you know, yeah. Rome. you write them some music? I'm like, yeah, you know, bet. You know, right. like anything. Here's a stack of 100 uh, vinyls. I need you to go and clean them all up, sample them, and turn them into Rex files for a reason. You no know, one uses Reason or Rex anymore. Wow. But, you know, just things like that, you know, and it was all training. It was all training. For me, it was all, you know, because I'm a finisher now yeah. in the music industry, it's like, you bring me an artist with an idea, and I'll give them a mastered record in right. a week, you know? Yeah. And it, but it took all of that to kind of Learn get it me all. to that point. You have
0: to you be know? versatile in all, every aspect, right? Like, you do need to know how to fuck If you your,
1: love what you do, you right. can't help but be a nerd or an expert. Facts. I mean, it's just, you know, Super you know how facts. it is. Yeah, dude. You know? I'm with that. It's like, that. if you're obsessed with something, it's like, there is no switch. Right. It's just you know, part of your life, I guess. So what,
0: what, do you, was there any major artists that you were working on outside of Sublime at the time that like, or that they were working on that you were affiliated or you were really, really close to during that Um, era?
1: Well, you know, the Dirty Heads were, but they weren't really, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a really crazy story, but it's like, um, and I'd kind of like worked a little bit with like Mark McGrath from my like, Sugar Ray or whatever. Yeah. And I thought that was insanely rad too. That's tight.
0: Um, that's so...
1: Whoa. It's like still kind of sick, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it's like fun. That was one of the first guitar riffs I learned too. So, you know, life's really Damn. funny like that with like the full circle right. kind of things. But um, really there was like this band that they were developing there uh, called the Dirty Heads. And they would come in and they would rehearse. And I remember, you know, like just watching them from the control room. And I would just be like, whoa, that's tight this guy's just got a record deal with warner brothers goals right there you that's know? crazy so you know they had just signed they were working on their album um that's uh any port in a storm um and and yeah i, I just remembered. you know me and my girl at the time you know to be like yo the dirty heads are coming in so you know clean the spot up and dah, 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 like okay cool you know and they come in and practice and stuff and then and then um so after that kind of thing went around, like I got to meet Eric Wilson at the studio, right. like really well, because um, I think Eric kind of took a liking to me because we had a lot of similarities. Like you know, I was I was just really broke kid and really just I love music, and um, Eric's not a man of many words, okay. you know, and, and, and he's he he speaks very uh, verbally like through music, yeah. You know, that's how he expresses himself, right. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm cool with that, because I'm so uber of a fan that I could probably be awkward sometimes, so I just like shut up. Yeah, well, it's yeah, like yeah. a natural thing of mine. Right, Just get quiet. Right. So I'm like, yeah, let's just jam. And I was always down to jam, and he's always down to jam any de- time, any day of the week. He'll drop plans just to go and jam with a stranger. He really will. Damn. And, um, and man, he would just call me out of the blue, hey, you wanna come over and jam? Yep, I have a van, I'll, I'll drive right over there, let's go. And I would just always be jamming with him, always, whatever he wanted to jam, never no sublime, never no reggae, just some punk rock, some ween, some like metal shit. Yeah. And, um, and I don't like, so he, he like kind of took a liking to me and then, you know, he, he'd always throw these parties and um, he asked me one time if I wanted to um, play a sublime song at one of these parties with him. And I was like, hell yeah, man, let's, let's do it. And um, Kelly Vargas, one of the drummers who played for Sublime, he was there. It's like a Long Beach house party, and uh, and we played. Um, I think we played. We played Evan and Date Rape, I think, and uh, and that was like the first time. And everybody in the party was like, "Dude, play more, play more." I think we played some more, and then everybody was talking about it in the community, and then it was like a couple of months went by and then like he he hit me up
0: but had this, they been playing shows like or no shows
1: nah not nah, then i mean they didn't even like talk to each other in like 15 years holy like, Eric and shit bud. yeah and then and then sublime you know hadn't like they the band broke up when bradley passed in right six so which is actually today bradley passed today
0: holy fuck yeah crazy wow rest in peace wow yeah um, super rest in peace that's crazy
1: mm-hmm. 23 years ago i think
0: damn yeah So they hadn't played any shows. No. You guys just happened to be jamming, and then randomly at this show, you guys decided to play two songs.
1: Yeah, Eric asked me if I wanted to play sublime song.
0: What made him want to do it? I
1: don't know. Just... What a random, like... He knew I knew every song. The party was going. Shit was vibing right. You know, probably some... Chick was like, "You guys should play some lime song." I He's got like, you. All right, I got it. <laughs> I guarantee it wasn't his idea, right? You know, because that's not that's not Eric's yeah. passion. You know,
0: man, what? Um, shout out to that chick though.
1: Yeah, shout <laughs> out to whoever the hell gave him that yeah. idea. You know, but, damn. Yeah, so that was like, so yeah. yeah you said anyway, time so time passed. Um, and uh, Eric knew this band manager, Cheese, who owned that studio that I was recording in right. weird in a weird way. Um, it was like it's this full circle thing again, and he's like, "Yo, uh, he's like, um, I'd like to manage you guys and and you know have an idea with how you know we should roll out with touring and stuff." And I'm like a kid, so I'm like, "Sure, whatever, you know, whatever the hell you guys want to do, go ahead." Sounds sounds good to me. But he was also managing this band, the Dirty Heads, right. at the time. So one day he was like. Uh, Rome, what are you doing today? I'm like nothing. He's like, you should go meet up with Jared and Duddy from the Dirty Heads, and you guys should write a song. Um, for you, for Dirty Heads, for sublime. Who cares? Just, just get together and write some music. I was like, yeah, sounds great. So we go over to Duddy's house, and um, we start writing "Lay Me Down." That was the first song we ever got together. First time I ever worked with them. Wow. We wrote "Lay Me Down," and this was like in 2008. Yeah. And. We show it to everybody, and I was like, Cool, cute song. And it, like, someone like a reggae compilation, the peer put it on their CD. They're like, Hey, we're looking for songs to put out on the CD. Does anyone have like any throwaways they want to put out? And um, management was like, Yeah, here's one, you know, just lay me down. And that that's like out there on some CD somewhere, but like, <laughs> so they, they put that out. And then, um, like, probably like maybe eight months later, uh, the manager, of Sublime Art, or, or of, uh, dirty heads and our manager he went to k-rock and was trying to uh, showcase the new dirty heads album and like you'll find a single that you're gonna play on the radio and his assistant put on put the song lay me down on the four track cd so it made it five right and put it on track one which wasn't supposed to be there but it was her favorite song <laughs> oh shit and you know she was like well i gonna put my favorite song on this right this. know you know I like it someone's like, they're gonna like it and sure as shit Kevin Weatherly from K-Rock he uh puts a CD in and starts it hits play on the very first song it's lay me down whoa whoa whoa, whoa. and he's like starts nodding his head and our manager cheese he's like that's not and it's like do you stop him like, oh, yeah just he, let him go. Let him, just go let him go right he's vibing he loved the song was like I want to put it into rotation today so at that point, right
0: before that moment, it wasn't technically anyone's song. It no, was just the song a wasn't collab. even mastered.
1: The song wasn't even mastered. It, <laughs> it was, it was, It. I think the Dirty Heads might have like kind of claimed ownership of it at that right. point, you know what I mean? Um, I don't remember, but I'm, I'm pretty sure like it was at that point, it was like, okay, well this is like a Dirty Heads song now and this is, you know, going to wow. be, this is now on the album. They, that song wasn't even on the album. Damn. So they had to go. Hold back, pull back, mastering. We put that song back on to to sell the CD. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and boom, that that was the song. That was like this the single. What on the, the fuck? Album. That's so crazy. It was Like I'm just peeking over the window, like a year ago, like oh shit, you know? Yeah. And then and then, then, and record then record once them. later, that's when Sublime ended up playing their first show. Sublime with Rome. We we got together and did our thing. So that all happened before, you know, we even did anything with Sublime with Rome. Which because, was awesome, because I really needed some money. <laughs> that yeah, way. I bet at that, that point. Way at that point, were you still living in the fucking uh, the vocal booth, bro? No, at that point, that thing came to an end too. So I was like sleeping on couches. I was homeless for a little bit, living in my van. That broke down, dude. Eric was loaning me money. God bless him. God like, damn, he gave me my guitar because I had to pawn that to fucking pay for you know food and rent, and. You know, he gave me my guitar that I still use to this day. I love that thing. I cherish it. That's but, um, crazy. Yeah. No, that song helped and you know, that, that song ended up doing really well on radio and it got me a publishing deal and opened up a whole new.
0: you literally, literally your life just
1: changed off one song. Absolutely. What year was this? This was 2008, man. Yeah. This, so it's like crazy, but it's like, like even before sublime with Rome did anything, that thing happened like the year before which was like, it was like a grace from God. Cause that also kind of helped, you know, propel me for everything. Cause then I went on the road with the Dirty Heads. You did. and Yeah, right. so did they, they got into a bus after that. So we wow. were all on a tour bus, we were in vans and then we were all on tour bus now. And it's yeah, like, living. Going to radio and all this stuff, just prepping me. You know, partying, like figuring out, okay, I can't do that, like <laughs> prepping me for right. when, you know, it was like a couple months later, it was like, yo, we're going to do this show called Smoke Out in front of 20,000 people. You're going to be the singer. You ready to do this? It's like, oh, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're ready to go. Yes,
1: I, I don't know. You know, we were playing for like 200 people, but right. it was cool. It was a bit of a jump. but Wait, what do you mean? You, the the, the shows, heads, the tours the time, were like 200, 300 caps? At the time, when we were with the Dirty Heads, we were playing for nobody. That's crazy. Yeah. there's, no, I mean, the the guys have been out on the road and stuff prior, but, you know, without having something you know like a single or like a big um just like a big release like it's it's slow building about right. like building new yeah. newcomers you know but
0: you you literally so, go from 200 some people to 20,000
1: yeah that was like a big jump
0: how did you prepare for that shit
1: i read a book called think and grow rich
0: okay that's and fucking that, i know that book
1: uh-huh that book pretty much like Kind of rewired the way I thought about things that may seem very daunting.
0: So, what do you feel like was the number one takeaway from that 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 you enforced into you taking that show on?
1: Frame of mind, just when you look at something, you know, is it it's 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 up to you if it's black or white. Right. You know, you, you choose the color on the canvas, and mm. the, and that you know I still kind of keep that to this day. Nothing is unobtainable. Right. Especially as a kid. Yeah. And then now that I am an adult, I'm like you know it's it's tenfold. I still believe that, but. That really kinda helped me out because I would just get really scared. (laughs) Like, no lie. Like I would just be hella mad nervous. Like, because you know, it'd be like it'd be January of two thousand nine and I know I get a I get a like an Excel. I've never even seen an Excel sheet. (laughs) And it was like your first show is October two thousand nine in eight months and it's in front of twenty thousand people and then in January, you have this huge tour, and then in the summer, you have this huge tour, and then in this summer, and then, so I'm looking at my whole life for the next three years, and I'm right. looking at the day it begins. Oh, fuck. So it's like, you know when your day is. That's scary. It's, you don't really kinda know that a lot of times. I feel like a lot of people like, it's like, oh shit, I'm in this situation. Make do, you did it, awesome. Yeah. We got more for you. Right. Whew, I don't even know how I handled it. But in this situation, it was like, I know, that that day is coming. Yeah. So it was like, it was a really weird kind of thing. You know what I mean? It was like I I, I had to, I guess, kind of prepare for that.
0: You be know? super prepared. And for a
1: while, I was really freak. I was really freaked out. I'd be like, "Fuck, can I do this?" Like I, every time i think about it, I'd get mad, nervous, and like negative like negative thoughts would mm. come first, right off top. And that's you know that's like that was my nature. You know, just like constantly being like, "Oh man, bring it down." You know. Yeah. But then after I read uh, *Think and Grow Rich* and Napoleon Hill, like the way he explained it and everything, and the examples, you know, kind of changed the way I framed everything. And I, and I instead started looking at everything from a very positive perspective. And it today, I mean, the book is like what hundred fucking years old. old. So it's like you know, these principles seem like really archaic and and you know, mundane now. But they're not really. Not really. And a lot of people still don't apply these right. basic things that they can it's free you don't have to learn that like, i just summarized the whole fucking book for you <laughs> um but you know and you should still go read it anyway but right. um but you know it's it's those kind of like i like life hacks that really like have helped me tremendously that's it and that was like the first time i've ever i think intentionally gone out of my way to try and better myself mm.
0: you know that's interesting to fix something when you were playing those those smaller shows was that fear there before you would like walk out on stage even if it's 200 cap or did you feel like you could control you could damn i can't speak you could control that environment like you felt capable of doing that
1: um you know i think with those it was like it was still nerve-wracking i'm sure to some degree but those were much more kind of uh Again, I was, like, in the moment of it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I used to drink a shit ton back then. So, it was, like, it was just, like, okay, fuck it. You know, we're all partying. Yeah. Rolling on stage. You know, everyone's yeah. a fucking hero when they're drunk on right. stage, right? So, like, you know, there, like, there was no... Uh, it just felt, like, way more fast pace, Right. So, it was, like, you know, you either sink or kind of swim. Yeah. You know? Um, but... The, there was a definite, you know, it's very obvious that this was of a different caliber. For sure. You know, Cause there was a lot of people working underneath you and, and like, was there was a just, lot of state,
0: whoa. could you see, like, was, was it ever like a fear of like, fuck, if I fuck this show up or if I don't do this right, then I this I might not have this next three years of, of work. You know what I mean? Like
1: No, but, I didn't even think about that. That wasn't right now. Fear. That sounds scary as a 30 year old. Right? But, like that but, shit could be over. But, um, but no, man, it was, it was more so like, I, I didn't want to let anyone down. Mm. You know, and and I think I've always kind of been like a a pleaser in that regard. Like that's kind of, which is, you know, the reason why I wanted to be an audio engineer and why I like producing. And still to this day, like, I love to service people. I love to help them. I like to, so like, I think the main thing with me was I just didn't wanna, I don't wanna let down these two dudes that I fucking looked up to my whole entire life. Yeah before anybody on the internet before like any of my friends like i i couldn't even like process that i couldn't even compute that yet i couldn't even compute haters or any of that until like two years after we started touring wow because i was just so caught up in this thing right traveling meeting people going to these places eating this food this that these shows these places, like
0: wow dog from sleeping in the van and you know what I mean?
1: Like, you know, people like, and I do these interviews and they're like, yo, so, like, like, what's it feel like? Or, like, what's it feel like when you're confronted with negativity and haters? And I'm like, where? What? Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the greatest time of my life yeah. right now. Um, Damn. I hope they come to a show. Like, right. you know, it's as like much as I could say right now. About right. That. But it's so crazy, like, how just, you know, it moves so fast. Yeah. And, yeah, it's important to kind of have grounding in that whole
0: thing. What was it like at the time? Like, it, it, 'Cause at that point was the twenty thousand person show, was that the first true yeah. Sublime with Rome show?
1: Yeah, well we we played this bar in Reno, like an unannounced bar in Reno. Yeah. Just like after we had been rehearsing a couple days at Bud's house, the drummer. Um, we were like, yo, we're gonna book this like throw and go punk rock show at this Mexican spot. And, you know, if anyone catches it, they catch it. If not, they're not. And of course, the word got out, so like people flew from all over the world, literally. People Holy from, fuck! Like, fucking Poland, Europe, Damn. Canada, South America. Yeah, the, the restaurant holds like I think like three hundred people. <laughs> yeah, and there was like two thousand people. It was a like, full on. It was in the newspapers. People were in the streets drinking and partying all the way out the door into the street. And it was like cold, was snowing. But yeah, man, and, like we did it, and like that was rad. You know, that was fun. That that felt a little more like just homie, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, but that was the only like test run of it.
1: Yeah, really, that that was really it.
0: But like, it's also a way for you to be like, oh shit, like, like to possible. see all these people coming in <laughs> yeah. and you're the person, like, mm-hmm. that's fucking wild.
1: Yeah, it was, man, it was rad. I, I do remember getting out that stage and just feeling like, oh man, I might be able to do this. And then, no. I had to read that book. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So when you do, you know, you play 20,000, you hit the road, you do tours and everything like that, everything changes 100% because like it was an inactive band Yeah, for an obvious reason. And then out of nowhere, it comes back to life. Is there an issue with people, like you said, haters or whatever, are there people that are mad that it's a band that's not the original band you know how people be like totally all of a sudden people
1: are protective of the things they love the most. yeah absolutely and that's something that i kind of had to learn like how would
0: you handle that shit because that's gonna be weird for you because you're like dude i'm just trying to make music
1: well dude i mean you get understand too like a lot of a lot of people still do hide behind the internet Mm -hmm. and um and i'm grateful for that right you know because there are a lot of people who i'm sure still come up to me and like will shake my hand stuff and be like who have once commented bad on me or like you know you know probably not since after meeting me for sure not right. um but prior to that i'm i'm almost positive there's a good amount of you know percentage of, of people um but that's fine right. because you know we all kind of do that to the same degree you know we try not to and we're conscious of it but you know people are very protective by nature of, mm-hmm. of, of things that they love yeah. and you know sublime is it's not like an unknown band like right. they're a massive band yeah who not only are they a huge band but they're very original and sublime really like just really carved out a lane that that inspired a lot of people's lifestyles a lot of people's other favorite bands yeah. favorite colors i'm sure art styles fonts you fucking name it right. videos everything um so you know they're 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 really protective of that and i understand that and i've, I've always kind of understand that from the get-go yeah um because i know how i am with bands i'm a super super fan right i'm like addictive i'm like i'll watch all your interviews after i like your album yeah everything you've ever done read the credits who did your artwork hit that guy up i want him on my artwork right whole nine yeah um so i get why people are that way um and for me i've, I've always respected them
0: hmm.
1: you know i've i Believe it or not, I respect you. If you don't, if you choose not to listen to our band, that's fine. Right. Not only do I respect you, I understand that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. it I mean, what I don't understand is if you say like we don't like sound good because we we sound fucking really right. good. <laughs> um, come to our show. Yeah. But uh, but you know, for the most part, like I, I understand that some some people are still you know quote unquote purists or whatever, and, mm. and they hold things to you know a certain you know, pedigree in their heart, so, or on, on a certain pedestal, so, I respect that, I understand right. that, you know. Yeah. There's enough of Sublime's music to go around for everyone. You know,
0: Lots. that's the way I see it. Yeah, that's a good overview, or uh, overlook of like everything, cause I feel like it is a, probably a big struggle dealing with that shit, I mean, like if Linkin Park comes back next year, yeah, people are gonna be feeling wild people about it. People
1: are gonna it. feel a certain type of way, of course. But what know? I
0: love is that it's been, I mean, Sublime's been a band now, counting you guys for how many years
1: we've been this is our 10th year 10th
0: yeah and they had 10th year they were when did they start being a band 89 89 i think they
1: formed in 88 but dropped their first music 89 like it's, it's yeah
0: that's crazy yeah. to think that the legacy of this is being carried on through you guys for yeah. such a long time where fans who from 89 can still come and enjoy the show where this new music could affect new people that never heard the shit back in 89 because maybe it's they're crazy already,
1: like that's crazy it's that's weird it, I don't know, and I think that was that was one of the things that um, the legacy, you know, Brad's uh, Brad's widow, mm. um, Troy, you know, and and her son Jacob, um, they're they're both in control of. How the estate's used, and you know, which is great because it, you know, not anyone can just run and make collabs with Sublime right. and stuff. You know, yeah. someone needs to be able to, you know, monitor that for sure, and how they, you know, use the legacy. And um, you know, I think one of the things that have been the most prominent over the years is kind of just seeing like the effect hmm. of, you know, us going on the road and playing these songs for people and seeing the reaction and the love. You know for them it's like it's transcending on you know it's like it's it's moving like you said past even you know when when brad was around like so it's like you know it's kind of rad that we get to be like the vehicle to kind of you know really help move that from city to city Mm -hmm. sure you could do that with collaborations and dropping merch capsules and all that stuff but there's nothing like a band showing up in a town and celebrating all that catalog and playing all those songs right. for all these fans, you know, and then yeah. packing it up and going to the next spot. Yeah. You know? So like, I think that was like a big kind of driving factor for them too. To be like, man, we, we have to make all this work. You yeah,
0: know? that's true. So you yeah. get, I mean, obviously by doing this, you guys start making music. You're still in the studios all the time. Yeah. You start working with different artists. You start getting like producing lane.
1: Dude. Yep. So when I did that song for the dirty heads, um, so I had that song out. It was like number one at radio.
0: Which your credit was what on that?
1: Uh, like songwriter. Okay. Uh, yeah. I I co-wrote the song with Jared and Duddy, and that was when I got a publishing deal. Yeah. From well, pretty much from everybody, and I, I ended up choosing uh, with Sony ATV, and yeah, man, they were like, just I had no idea that this type of world existed, mind you. You know, I'm I'm pretty well versed in the studio and everything but i i hadn't really known how pop music was you know created i figured you know still everyone wrote their own music you know what i mean um so when i wrote this song um sony my my publisher was like hey would you like to go in the studio with other writers and other artists to write more songs for other artists and bands and i was like i could do that
0: yeah they'll let me in there
1: that sounds amazing right so that was like the start of that and i man i really got into that like I would just be writing for like for everyone. Would Never.
0: you be would it work like you'd be writing your own you would write ideas and then they would try to share those around with the artists that they Always. want. Yeah. Always.
1: Always you can imagine. Yeah. It was all like that, which is like which I think is what's important with having um, like a really good like quarterback mm. and whoever it is that you're working cuz if you're hyper creative, you just pour like a fountain. Yeah and if you're a businessman you'll know how to catch all of that exactly. and turn that into income right and you know having somebody who thinks like that is almost imperative especially in 2019. yeah so like back then you know i had like a really awesome um uh gladiator in the building over there who was just like anything i'd be writing at home they were shopping. Anything that was a demo, they were getting to someone else to, to fix up. They were getting me in the studio with the artist, they were getting me in the studio with the songwriter, with the producer I'd be writing, with the artist I'd be producing, with this, yeah. this or that. But it was just like, I'm a hyper-creative. Right. and They were like, let's put you to work. Let's make money off you, kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and, and it was rad, you know? It was like, because for me, I was just doing what I do best and doing what I love to do. And doing a lot of it. So, so was
0: the was the gladiator that you're referring to? Is that like an A and R, or was there? Uh,
1: yeah, th- that was my A and
0: and R. Okay, cool. So they put and you the to bullshit. work, and you start working with different artists. Like who, at that time frame, like what were some of the like the top artists that you were excited to be working with?
1: Oh man, I was working with everybody. Um, uh, uh, Enrique Iglesias, Icona right. Black I- Black Keys, Black Eyed Peas. Um, yeah, Selena Gomez. Jesus, um, yeah and I mean you know it's cool man it like continues to roll like Rihanna like it just continues to evolve right you know what I mean yeah um, I even did some cool writing camps for B wow like, yeah. really mm-hmm. that's tight which is you know it's tight until you're in the song community. Then you're like anybody who's like even remotely good gets, you know, yeah, like yeah, they yeah. got it. Cause right. you know, they're cutting like 700 records a year. insane the best 10, that's what know? I was gonna
0: say out of all the times you write songs with these people, how often are they, are they going out?
1: very men- I mean, dude, and this is for everybody in the industry. I mean, you're out there working your ass off and you know, one out of every like six records does anything. right? And you know, that's like good math for some, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. For most, you know, really it's probably more like one out of 20, one out of 30, sure. you know? But luckily with now, there's so many different avenues where music can go. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I don't care who you are, anybody who you see on the internet who's getting album placements, they're not paying their bills. Mm. It's not good enough. It doesn't pay enough. You either are landing the single, and the single has to be a successful single, for you to like pay for health insurance, and right, buy a home? Right. Um, <clears throat>
0: You'd you say you could buy a home and a single off of, or you could buy a home, health insurance, take care of all your shit off of one single?
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Doing a smash like that? Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can make a million dollars off a smash single. Right. Off a number one song, being a writer and having 25% of it. You know, yeah. A million bucks. Hmm. 100%. And especially now, you know, with how music is being placed and adverts and everything. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time for uh, the, the digital right. song right now. Cause everyone's kind of figuring out what to do with it. But, but you know, at the time, I mean, still like, it, it's still like the same kind of, uh, still kind of the same industry where everyone's just, the songwriters working, 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 grinding, 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 yeah. writing, writing, writing. And at the end of the day, they're praying with, you know, hopefully something gets picked up, you Right. Know? so. Damn. But when you're a young, when you're a younger person and you come from Iowa or you're yeah. in middle, like, you're like, I'm in.
0: Yeah, you got. You're Double just writing. Give me twice as right. much work.
1: You know what I mean? Because it's fun. And mm. that's how I was too. I was yeah. coming off, coming off tours. You know, playing with like J Lo at iHeart, and then the next day I was in the room with a bunch of writers working on something for Rihanna.
0: Damn. Hopefully. Right. You know. That's crazy. Is it? I mean, what do? You, was there any of them that hit big that you were writing on? Yeah, the Enrique shit was... Yeah,
1: so I I did the Enrique stuff. Um, We did some awesome stuff for uh, Selena that came out um, back when Stars danced, Mm -hmm. that album. And then, um, man, they all just kind of (laughs)
0: like... Blend together?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, after a while, you know, it's like hard to... As far as like, like a big, like super one that was like pay the bills, all my stuff has always been the one. Right. And that's so weird. That is weird. Because it's like... I don't do that intentionally. Huh. I don't ever like, I'm going to keep, keep this guy. This one, yeah, let me do this it. one, you know? Yeah. But I think it's something to be said with how, how passionate you are about certain things that belong to you. Yeah, for sure. You know? And that was one thing that I kind of realized too, because getting into that world, I would bring it back into my projects too. Mm. So I was like, oh, I want to do the same thing. I want to work with a lot of people when it comes to like my stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I'd kind of, learned as well i'm like holy shit like you can definitely lose track of what it is that you were trying to do what it is you're trying to cook when you have a a, a huge kitchen full of like cooks you know what i mean like it can it can get you know kind of lost in the sauce so to speak so there's a fine balance of that you know
0: yeah when did you start doing videos and and dropping the first sublime album with you guys
1: um
0: like when'd you guys put something out? 2010. So were you guys doing, you were doing music videos and doing all kinds, doing runs like that?
1: Yeah, we were doing like music videos and, I mean pretty much just, you know, you have a single, you drop a video. It didn't get really extracurricular until like the summer of like 2012. What, what was my, that? My brother had just got done um, interning for Live 105, a radio station up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And he was like doing all their concert photography and stuff. And, um, you know, he had this camera and he was like shooting a bunch of shit. And I was like, "Dude, you should come on the road this summer and just fucking just travel with us and take photos." Yeah. You know, he was like, "That'd be tight." And you know, I hadn't seen any other band really doing this at all. Like
0: creating my, tour content.
1: My brother was just like videotaping everything, and then like YouTube was around, so it'd be like, "Yo, that was a funny video. Let's put that up on YouTube," and then we get a bunch of hits. Yeah. And then we started just taking him everywhere everywhere backstage one-offs radio yeah. this and that he just follow us document 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 and,
0: and he's good too eric showed me a shit i remember Thanks, watching this stuff back in the day yeah Brothers dude i mean been, been doing here. it for a while yeah
1: he'd love to man for sure. um and you know just really like focusing on the video before we even knew what any of this was right and then i remember right around the town right around the time when um, the word content was starting to come around. Yeah, the, the labels were like, "Yo, we need more content. We're mm. gonna f- send someone out there to go and film stuff." That was like right around the time bands started to get their like nephew in or whatever. That was around the time when I, I like management. Our management was like, "Yeah, we're cutting all that. No more on the road." And again, like none of us knew any of the importance of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. social media, all that stuff. It was just kind of like, "Oh, you know, they probably didn't have a reason for it." Cheers. <sighs> yeah. Next show, you know. And then. Yeah. Big mistake. <laughs> big mistake. So years later, finally, we're like, Hey, we should get content again. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, right. so, you know, we started that whole thing back up, but with your brother, mm-hmm, yeah. of course, his um, name? How, Andreas Ramirez. Andreas. Yeah. And you can find him on Instagram, San Andreas 510. Right. Um, but yeah, man, like, you know, cause we had such a, a care for the visual, mm-hmm. like, you know, me and my brother, we, we've always, We have a record label together and with our artists that's like a really big thing that we've always been kind of uh about is the aesthetic of everything right you know because we're junkies when it comes to sound you know we want like the best sound possible so it should be represented the same way especially now in today's age you know you click on the thumbnail art before you listen to the song
0: that's literally what it is
1: me too and i'm a singer and a producer and a writer right it's just what it is you know if i like your art I'll probably, you know. Yeah. Listen to the song at least longer, you know. Yeah. So um it's just weird how that works. So knowing that, you know, we've always kind of kept that mindset and and when it came back around to like wanting to implement just more meaningful content mm. for the band that's when I had to get my brother. I was like, "Dude, we need to go like above and beyond than just fucking tour recap videos, live photo stills and this shit like, you know, let's let's care." You know still to this day like everything visually that that, that we put out um you'll know 100 percent whether or not it's coming from the band from the band or if it's coming from like a third party entity
0: like, right you know,
1: the agent yeah, yeah, yeah the venue you know just because we have a strict code of how we like our aesthetic right we even have a one sheet that we send to all of our sponsors or any of our affiliates for anything that we work with colors fonts with everything distresses stresses we like hell yeah this kind of shit these kind of things like stay away from this kind of stuff you know right big fucking exclamation marks and all. swipe yeah, up swipe up like yeah, yeah. we're not into that you right know? it's like right, right, right. it's gotta be everything's gotta you know be
0: tailored so huh. so what i mean would you guys be having once you guys realize how important it was to have content as a band were yeah. you guys having like meetings getting your brother involved like trying to strategize like 100%. what do we do
1: weekly meetings were you like,
0: comparing it to like, all right, this is kind of like the land that these people are making their shit in, or did you guys know what your audience wanted to see from you?
1: Um, more so, well, first of all, and I can't say this, we are the only band still in our thing. Who does it? Who gives a shit like this? Hmm. Um, all the way through, like full, full packaged in, like we're the only one who who really like goes full circle like that. Yeah, and um. There's been, like, you know, now not everyone's kind of getting on that train, too, you know? Yeah, But But um, for the most part, that's always been, like, a thing that we, you know, really wanted to kind of, like, be a flagship in the band. When it came back to this new record, it was like, yo, let's drive home the visual with everything, everything too. Right. And really, like, make it, like, a big cohesive thing. Yeah. So in order to do that, you got to let the, your, con like, here's a perfect example. I, I would always tell Ia that, like, you're no longer, you're not our content guy, you're our Virgil Abloh. Like, mm. you shape the aesthetic of this band. Right. And and moving forward, like, I want you to just have that in your mind with everything, but in order to have that effect on everything, you have to give that person the
0: keys. Yeah, absolutely.
1: To, to those relationships.
0: That's what so, I was gonna say. When I, for me, I always felt like, the best environments when you're allowed to be creatively free
1: 100 you know percent. I
0: mean because then if you you come in and y- you know they send you the one sheet
1: <laughs> yeah you
0: know what I mean yep you have to own up to the one sheet until you do something where they're like all right let's see what they do outside of this but like 100 percent that's the best so so
1: for us you know we we compared this to like the biggest guys right we're, we're like yo beyonce' doing this mm. imagine dragons is on this shit mm-hmm. <laughs> why aren't we on this shit? You know, no, I mean, no one else in our scene is even close to, you know, Karen, like, they're like, oh, another palm tree, met. boom, 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 right. you know, another shirt with a wave and a hula girl, cool, sweet, you know what I mean? It's like, so for us, we're like, let's take it there. Like, we can create it, you know, like, so let's do it. Right. You know, we have a wide net of, like, artists that we talk with often, you know, we're always looking... On Behance, looking yeah, for yeah, up and comers. Yeah. You know, finding kids with under a thousand. Like, we got this kid. He's seventeen years old from Sri Lanka, and he is a like a um, an After Effects genius. Oh shit! It's insane. And all he does, like, we found him because all he does is trick out old anime. We're huh. like, What do you need work, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. let, let me put some money in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. Do we have literally probably put more than fifty people like that's tight currency as fuck. USD right into these kids' bank accounts for? Ad mats, flyers, video work, animations, merch, right? fucking merch, everything you, you think You know? Wow. Instead of you using the same old three people who are running the same old genre,
0: right?
1: Everyone shits like, why? Yeah. Artists full, the whole community full of artists.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. Who need exposure? Yeah. That's what I love about Black Window Cream, man. It's like, we have just it's a pool of them. That, They're just, which I think is genius. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. You see these kids that are just from nowhere that have nothing but time and energy and creativity, and it's like the illest shit. That's what it's I love. Crazy. It, it's crazy. It's cool to know that you guys do that shit, and then what would you, as advice to people that are listening that are creators, like the kid that's doing your VFX and shit. Yeah. Hey guys, I just wanted to stop this episode real quick to talk about an ad. <laughs> a Black Window Cream ad, yes. We now are sponsoring podcast episodes, which is cool. Um, Black Widow Cream's merch is available. And if you guys would like to keep this podcast running, go cop a goddamn t-shirt, maybe a long sleeve, a hat, and a mug. That'd be a hell of a combo. Um, shop BWNC.com. I love it when I see someone buy merch. And I fucking appreciate the shit out of you guys for doing that. So if you guys have a couple extra bucks and you want to you know, buy some merch, Please do. Shop BWNC.com. We also have the Patreon page available. It, it has all new perks. Patreon 2.0 is what we're calling it. We just revamped everything and are offering incredible, incredible perks. Like exclusivity to me. I'm there all the time. We have a private Discord channel where we're talking about several different subjects. Um, you get to ask the podcast guests questions. You get to unlock the Q&A experience at the end. Merch, discounts plus Patreon only merch like limited only black window cream shit that you can't get anywhere else uh it's all there and we appreciate everyone that goes so patreon.com black window cream that's it thanks guys let's get back to this fucking awesome episode with Rome ramirez the singer of sublime i'm getting some crazy ass guests these days pretty dope bye like what advice could you give to them as far as like how to contact or showcase their ability to create for bands that they look up to like if they were to reach out you know i mean obviously it's like well email but like is there i
1: mean honestly like so first of all quality is will obviously stick out we all know that right
0: yeah
1: um but consistency Mm
0: -hmm. is
1: is really the thing and one thing that we notice a lot online is like this Cool kid mentality shit. Yeah that a lot of these kids have. It's so fucking funny. I just hit this producer up yesterday. I was like, yo, this beat's super tight. Um, are you signed? Like, is is this beat available? He's like, I actually don't really trust anybody. Um, so you'll have to uh hit up my SoundCloud and get the beat. I'm like, okay. What? Later. <laughs> You're eighteen years old from New Haven. Yeah,
0: what are like, you talking? Yeah. Dude. Don't trust I, the I just local saw your rapper. graduation
1: pick on your Instagram. Right. Like, I could get this to like famous decks tomorrow. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Gone. Missed opportunity. So oh, there's a lot God. of that online. Damn. There's a lot of cool kids, like, oh, bruh, I don't work for nothing that's under 150. Right. You're like, and you gotta hit my manager. It's like some other kid, and you're like, okay, dude, I just had this girl who gave me the sickest fucking animation, and she just did it for Trippy Red for 50 bucks. Right. What are you talking about, my guy? Work with me. Do this for free. I would have walked the studio
0: that's what i'm saying foot yeah. you did
1: so there is you know but that's okay because you weed those out <clears throat> and a yeah. lot of those people you know they're probably just circulating designs or something
0: and they're just in it for like a couple months and then the they fall real out people
1: who shit. really get to work and are great to work with you know you you know because they're, they're fast with you but yeah anyway to answer your question um consistency quality and and making yourself readily available out there mm-hmm. like being on one social media platform like I don't suggest it. I would be like on everything, right? And really letting people see your work. I find a lot of the stuff, and I'm predominantly the finder. I'll show my brother, and he yeah. finds too. But I'm the guy who's always finding. hunting. Um, I read comments, bro. I'm always reading through all the comments of. Other artist stuff. I see something that an artist drops and I'm like, that's fire. Mm. And I check out like I know you'll never see this. Yeah. But I'm a young 18 year old rapper from New Haven. And I'm like, I'm listening to your demo. B. Yeah. It sucks. Of course it does. Yep. Next. <laughs> yep. um, but every once in a while you get these graphic artist kids and you'll find this da da and you go down the wormhole. And I always look at pages I like, like you know niche PNG pages and stuff like that who they're following right or who these kids are following yeah and you see like you just get it open to a web of these like amazing talented younger artists
0: so it's just showcasing the work make sure it's out there, totally
1: totally man you're commenting on a you know artist's twitter with like their like album mock-ups you don't know how many times like i've hired the kid who's like yo Here's a, a repurposed cover that I did of Post Malone's "Stoney" that I thought looked tight. I'm like, that, that is does tight. Look actually, tight. Yeah. I would love that cassette that thing for our next thing. yeah,
0: exactly. You know, it's fucking funny. I see that shit all the time, and I'm always like, all right. But then you do click on there and you see that they're for real about it. Yeah. You know what I mean, or, or or kids will always message me too and be like, hey, how can I work with you? How could I? What could I do? Like, let's let's work. Let's clap. I'm like. I don't know what you do. Show me what you do. Yeah, straight up. literally show me what you do. Like, look at what I'm doing and try to find a way to implement yourself into my shit. And yeah. then if it makes sense, I'll know because Work I for see free it.
1: five times. Easy. Work for free five times. For sure. And you have my heart. Yep. I work for free five times and I'll actually go out of my way to get you
0: paid. Exactly.
1: Like, I'll literally try and dude, find you connections. I'm all
0: about that. That's like how we've just started this shit. My homie Dave, the dude that he, he does like pretty much Executive produces all things black black yeah. cream, but he started as my intern for this podcast and was just cutting this shit in Texas. I would send him the videos and he would just edit the interviews for me. But then he started providing value, and value, value, and he just like, hey, what if you did this? Or what if you did this? I'm like, damn, I wasn't thinking about that. To the point where I was like, yo, you, you, you're on some shit. You're new, but you're on some shit. And yeah. then Beyonce came along, I need an assistant. He flew out like overnight and was here and then we toured the whole world together. He was like my second shooter on the whole tour. Wrong. He went from chilling in Texas to that just by implementing himself and didn't there ask for a dime. There it is. Didn't ask for a fucking dime. And I'm not saying, like, everyone needs to work for free for me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but sometimes, like, in this land, it's like, well, I pay for the shit that I know I have to pay for. And if I don't know that I have to pay for you. You
1: don't got paid gigs. You should be working free for Ben. F- hands down. Like, do it.
0: Like it's just the be doors. Smart, yeah, dude, for real. Like do it. every intern like, since then, it's always like, "Hey, they're they're starting to catch on from oh, like, like the yeah. like, Hey, can I put Could you hit this person up? I'm I'm in Chicago and I'm going to shoot the show for this artist." I'm like, "Yeah, I got you." I'll like text uh, the person they, then they do the show. It's tight, but it, I I do agree 100%. And that's tight to know that you cuz I think that's people think that's rare that artists aren't looking at shit. But I'm like, "Yo, you'd be surprised how many yeah, people yeah. are in fucking Instagram or on Behance or whatever it is." Yeah. Looking at the shit
1: If you care I mean You gotta go to the spots That have the dopest shit That's gonna
0: inspire you To create differently You're gonna think Outside of the box now You can't look at your peers Right
1: You can't look at your peers For inspiration Mm. Because They're looking at you
0: Right You know When this shit took off Like what was some of the wildest shit That you were doing on tours And stuff like When it first started happening Like You're flying In fucking first class Probably doing wild shit That you were like Dude And then how are people How are the homies back home Thinking about this And your mom Like Your mom's probably like
1: yeah, like, I yeah. told well, you to you know, do that I mean, shit. There's like, yeah, you know, there's only so much you shed light on, too, you know, to like the rest of the world. Yeah. You know? They only get to see like the. Well, that's know, what's interesting the about Instagram the way you came up stuff.
0: because before, like, when you were coming up, it wasn't even like as documented as shit is now. So, like, so true. You still got to taste that era. Bro,
1: check this out. So, I just went back and wiped out my entire Instagram. I have two, two pictures up on my Instagram. I saw that. Why? Um,. Because I have this idea that I'm gonna start rolling out with. Like, I, I know Facebook's doing this crazy merger with like social media in 2021 with the Messenger and WhatsApp, and I just think that the whole scroll formula's dying. Mm. So I'm like, I kinda got some things that I wanna try. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it, in the process of uh, going through archiving everything, I went to like day one. And I, like I, I get right. a lot of shit for this but I, I love social media yeah. I actually really enjoy social media yeah. I'm like a kid of like like a product in MySpace yep. like when my, like if MySpace opened up on January 1st January 2nd I had four songs uploaded uh-huh. like I was like ready rock and I was already making profiles stealing HTML code yep. from like you know yep. fucking Jeffree Star or whatever yep. like so like I don't know. I've always been about engaging with people who give a shit about shit I fuck with. Mm. Like, and to this day, that's why I've you know very active on like Discord or Twitch. I'm like, I love yeah. talking with people who like to talk about the shit I like talk about. yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, but uh, what were we talking about? Uh, uh, oh, uh, wild shit that. Wild happened. shit. So so yeah. I was like, I went back in my feed and I'm going through all this stuff and I'm like, looking at like you know, the shit that I post and I'm like, dude, this is crazy. Like, cause I can remember. Like if I see a photo, I can remember like the surrounding exactly. weeks around yeah. it. Yeah, I love it. Clothes out or if I look at an article of clothing, I can remember like where I got it and mm-hmm. who I was with when I got it and all that. So I'm just going through these memories and stuff and I'm like, holy crap. I posted that, but there was so much of this going on too. Yeah. That I was living. And I slowly watched how it turned into the phone was coming out quicker and quicker and quicker yeah it was more so like the foot then it became the photo is that the bottle right. is popping live yeah. and there like so it wasn't so much that i lived it and then i was taking photo it was more so i was living through the the social media kind of thing yeah so like it was a kind of trip to like watch you know all of that um kind of change but like at the, the same time concept. it was a it was a full flashback of the whole journey
0: it's tight right
1: because it was pretty much created like The year that we went on tour i think it was when it dropped 2011 2012 instagram or was it instagram might have been 2009
0: actually yeah i think it was a little earlier yeah
1: um but it it was still really like kind of un no one knew how to use it no one really knew how to use it you know what i mean um and and i sure as hell didn't oh my god dude some of my like it was bad bro like i would have liked this like <laughs> little burn in the wood and took a picture of that and framed it my fried eggs
0: it. I was just like breakfast fire just terrible every two day. likes yeah nobody what's up cuz <laughs> you know what's
1: up dog <laughs> yeah, well, like why <laughs> you know never even hit him back probably because I didn't yeah, see it yeah. you know um, but you know so like watching that like kind of whole, whole thing evolve was like kind of nuts for me like seeing like it's just well documented of the whole journey so you're really, like fuck you it know? I'm gonna delete that Delete, 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 or archive. Archive it. But um but you know, they have the software too that um goes and downloads all your um, stuff. All your stuff. So I have them all in a folder broken down by day and my assistant kind of got them all organized. So yeah, it's kinda convenient in in that regard. But dude, we've done I mean it's yeah, we've done some crazy crazy shit like uh lot a lot of guns. You know, firing grenade launchers <laughs> in the mountains.
0: Grenade launchers?
1: Yeah, firing grenade <laughs> launchers in the mountains or like getting that. to like play with like insane ARs that the US government uses in Korean bases. Like
0: Damn yeah
1: like i don't know we just done some you know all the cool stuff that you see like post malone and stuff do, like yeah there's all like wherever you go there's always someone's like do you guys want to take a tour yeah, of what I we yeah yeah and we're always like hell yeah right and our homie eric friedman he's always just like yo there's this spot Yep. and they do this they're like the chainsaw factory right you guys want to take a tour of the chainsaw factory the hell Like hell yeah we're not too hungover yeah it sounds awesome yeah you know?
0: exactly damn that's so fucking funny I feel like it's, there's always like, I'll think about it too. Like, man, there's some times where I'm on tour and I'm just sitting here like, this, how the fuck did I get here?
1: You know dude, what I mean? like totally. So I'm like, ins- uh, what's that movie? Where it's, not Insidious, but uh, Inception. Inception. Kind of shit. it is Where you're kind of just looking in, you're like, dude. I still catch myself doing that. Yeah. Um, dude, I was like, I was in the studio over at uh, John Feldman's house and we were rehearsing for this thing that we did for Back to the Beach this big festival he has. It was like 20,000 people in Huntington. And I show up to the studio, you know, I pull up in my wife's Jeep and my Crocs, you know, drinking a fucking kombucha or whatever. Chilling. And I'm like, what's up, John? You know, and I'm in the studio and then like Nick Hexum's in there playing guitar and singing and they're working on Amber. And the engineer's showing me some stuff like that they're working on because uh, John Feldman's like a producer crazy dope producer and he's um, doing some 311 stuff and doing blo- the blink 2 stuff so like you know they're showing me like some of the stuff that they're working on with blink 2, not even the music or nothing but like you know some of the like proto sessions and like right, the, right. you know all the geeky you know yeah, nerd yeah. stuff that I'm into Right. here's the compression that we use on Mark Hopkins' uh-huh. bass I'm like fire you know Yeah. and the song titles are up on the board and I just had to check out this is like two weeks ago I'm just like fucking Nick some literally practicing amber right now and i'm looking at the gonna choose next album on the board it's like life is so fire still 31 like life is still so fire and i still feel so That's like fucking just fucking amped right I still feel like a
0: student yeah
1: you know i'm still like i still think you always
0: will be you always have you to should be. be yeah
1: you should be you know because i don't know man like he what's that he who knows the most knows the least or something
0: i ain't gonna remember that shit right some shit but i believe you
1: be the dumbest guy in the room right <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah try to be anyway. right
1: try and be the dumbest dude and try and be the brokest dude in the room.
0: <laughs> man because that'll humble your ass yeah the the thing that i like the most is like that you do you you still are currently stepping out and realizing like the like because i can only imagine what your childhood was like Comparatively, like my shit was just skateboarding, fucking hanging out with the homies and like playing sports every once in a while, Same. like paintballed and shit sometimes.
1: Trying to rally people to get into music.
0: Yeah. No one ever, yeah. like Nobody. We actually had like a dope scene in our, because I played in punk bands like, yeah, all the whole time. time. And we would have these shows and just, flyer in the fuck out of my school every time school got out people were walking out come 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 come, come. and we were takes. like the dude that ran the venue like he learned quick like these are the guys i gotta have play at my show once a week because they're bringing three four hundred kids every night fuck, and we were just you in that a, into a living right it, it there it was i know Straight but up. we didn't get paid we, we God, were like yeah of course yeah he was just like tight just counting God bless <laughs> it. it was dude that was a place though and it was a place for me to feel like Safe as fuck to yeah. be me you know what I mean to really 100%. be me and then when you go to school everyone looks at you for being weird for being you but it didn't matter because I would go here and now we have the internet, which is dope to me because yeah
1: you got communities you
0: have communities and then you can use the internet now to find them and then go 100%. get access to that shit 100 percent what's one thing that you would you would um, give to like the listeners right now if they if they feel like they're stuck creatively like they no one sees their shit no one can hear them no one understands their their struggles.
1: Um actually, I would suggest you collaborate mm-hmm. collaboration is is very important today into jump starting things um you know you hear like a lot about the streamer who's streaming all day for nobody right, right? you know what I mean yeah it's it's that whole thing where it's like well, we at least do it with friends right you know collaborate meet people and like with these said communities, you now automatically like you buffered out a room full of people you yeah. got like the core amount of people they all these people fuck with what you fuck with yeah and they're probably cool too because they're in this forum and they're looking for people just like you are right so it's like I always say like just start collaboratively
0: yeah
1: um and and you you could people are people could be really surprised with how much of an, like of a dent they can make even in the real life yeah you know existing in like the community you know like one thing that's for certain is whether you're a content creator or you know a videographer or you know a, a songwriter there's always a local business that needs your shit there's always a local artist that needs your shit yeah and the quickest way to really make a mark is by affecting people's lives obviously and mm. the quickest way to do that is by working with people yeah like it's right. just that's it's a real super, world scenario it really is you know so like you know, I, I, yeah, that's, that's one thing I, I would definitely suggest. Right. Um, that, and aside from that, really trying to do something that's original. Um, in the music industry, there's like a thing where, you know, people are, labels are very conscious about launching an artist towards, a you know, basically la- launching an artist that is so similar, similar to another artist who's doing fine right like a travis scott yeah we don't need another travis no. Scott. travis is Travis fine is great he's at killing that. the game yeah, he's great everything's going good right shows are packed albums are sold yeah so it's probably better that you do something sick like injury reserve or something mm. you know what i mean or yeah. something crazy like suicide Boards or something like right and that's why you see people and and anything that you know is is so unique and and so original will gain traction yep. fast. Yeah. You will hear shit, you will hear hate, but for as many people who talk shit on on that, will be twice as many people who are like this is fire. Yep. How did you know this is exactly the shit I fuck with? Right. You know, it's just it's weird how that goes, but those are like two super cheats I think that people could totally use. Love Make that. something original and do it with someone else. Love
0: you know? that. Wait, you said you you get on Twitch? Yeah. So what are, you, what are you doing on Twitch? You're just talking about music and shit?
1: I have my full studio, like, cameraed up. So oh, I have tight. like, yeah. Um, I still got the stream deck. I got one of those I, just,
0: I literally just got it hooked up into the stream before you came here just to test it. Like, got my, you. my homie sent, from Elgato, he sent me this stuff. So he's like, you gotta use this for, Like I was like, okay, I'm like trying to learn it all. Oh,
1: dude, I, I could show you some shit too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it's like, so I use it for predominantly like when I'm in the studio. Mm-hmm. Someone told me, was like, I think it was one of my cousins. He's like, "What you been up to, man?" I'm like, "You know, man, I'm always in the studio, just working, making shit." He's like, "Why am I supposed to know?" (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) "Yeah, that's a really good point." Right? How are any of my fans supposed to know what I do? Right? So I was like, "I'm in the studio usually, making music, Um, and a lot of the time it's music." You, I'd say about. 50% Fifty percent of the time, it's music that can be shared, right? Because I don't know where it's going to go. Right. And the other t- time, you know, it's if it's something on my own, I'll do it. If it's something with Sublime, like I'll I'll do it. Maybe um, if it's other artists, I can't legally. But right. For the most part, you know, I'm I'm working on shit that the world can hear. Mm. Why not involve them into the process? Yeah, that's tight. So that that was my whole thing, and it started with just you know me turning putting the camera a webcam on, and then. I'm a nerd, so I get into shit beep, mad beep, quick. Beep, beep, I beep. was like, okay, ha, I wanna get my stream like that. I need transitions, yeah. I need overlays, I need da-da-da-da-da. Right. And I'm pretty, you know, good with like Photoshop and After Effects and stuff. So I was like, fuck it, or um premiere. But uh yeah, so I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and kind of get into this thing. And dude, it was rad. I just started to like it's so crazy because it's such a different community. Right. There is no like spillage over from Mm. like you can have, you know, this many fans over here, but they're like, we don't fuck with Twitch. I don't even know what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, because of that, I thought it would just be like, oh, sweet. People from over there will just come over here and just watch me do what I do, right? Nope. Nope. Hell no. Super wrong. Grassroots. So, it was total grassroots. And it's like, really, I have this community of like followers over there and like in my Discord and stuff of people who like are way different from my Sublime fans. It's so crazy. Like, we talk about shit like Lil Peep, and like, you know, just like, different things like that's going on in the music industry, or like, yo, did you see that crazy video? Like, you know, just whole different stuff. People who are like, yo, I checked out Sublime, it's like, that music's tight, bro, Mm. like, that's tight. Like, what, how do you not know me from Sublime? Like, that's so weird, you know? But, just because it, it showed me that, you know, just, Different people exist on different platforms.
0: Hell yeah, they do. And
1: again, like kind of circling back, that's the importance of existing on all these platforms because, right? You know, if if the if the goal is to get eyes, you know, get more people in on what you're into, yeah, then you gotta up your odds, right?
0: Yep. Facts. I I just am trying to figure out how to do it, like proper and just yeah. start doing it. Cause we have like the Facebook group for this, which is like cool. Cause there's like 5,000 people in there Yeah, but, dude. and they're active and they're active in the sense of like, they like to share out their shit or get a, pull a little like yeah. tidbits. So I, that's why I started this. Then I'm like, yo, I should start trying to live stream a little bit more. And then the real ones that want to hop in, if I'm just chopping up a video, I mean, it's like the same way. It's it like, is dude. This, it's so
1: far. There's some shit you can show. Do it. He did. Yeah. Is I, he liking it? I actually got, it, he only did one. Yeah. Um, but it's a live edit. It's you know, fucking it's just cool. Like coloring photos, chatting. You we know we mean? just it's made
0: like it like a promise that I'm gonna do it once a month, and because we have it. Patreon. Have you heard of Patreon? Yeah, yeah. So we started that to like support this shit. We do like the Q and A after this for them, and then I want to start doing where I'm like, yo, I'll do like I'm gonna literally do like an edit in real time, which well, I, I never that's really awesome. do before. But it's cool because then you can digest that and turn that into like other bit content for like YouTube and shit, and be like, all right, cool. If I just did a two hour long stream, I should like narrow that down to like eight minutes.
1: Dude, for sure. But I think it's mad smart because it's all you know, and I think the Patreon is mad smart too, and giving them the exclusive content. Right. Um, but you know, it it invites people in on the process, yeah. and you know how it goes. Like you've been doing this well enough, where it's like it, it ain't the fucking presets or the it's, nah. it's, it's here. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Ain't no one gonna steal your moves and take your jobs. Right. Um. So it's like, yeah. I'm always like, come on in. You yeah. know, like, watch how I fucking EQ this drum set, or watch how you know da 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 da. You know, it's like. How often do you go shit. live? I try and do it once a week. Yeah. My PC's been like kind of getting crazy because I installed uh, just this game. It's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Just I spammed it out. it out. Yeah. I, I, I damn it! it God yeah. damn it! I,
1: sh- I should have did it the right way. But.
0: Yeah. So uh, when you when you are on YouTube, what is the type of shit you're looking at?
1: Um one of the best investments i ever made in my life was youtube premium
0: yeah i still don't even have it it was worth it
1: i i can't even tell you the last time i've watched an ad like
0: that is dope
1: I, it comes with five me my mother-in-law my brother my wife and um i think i have one open still no i cannot get it he asked me what i got in last year but uh but dude it's like i mean Ad free life. Yeah, right. And it's like you know, it's same login on my phone. So yeah. I'm literally, I'm just like, I don't know, like that. You just there's even, no other difference. Yeah. I don't. Maybe I get like free stuff or I don't know, but it's just <laughs> worth for me. I think it's like fifteen dollars a month or something for just. I don't. Never no have five to seconds see, or ten or fifteen seconds or any of that yeah. shit. Like so. Um. But as far as YouTube, what I'm usually watching are like tutorials. I watch a lot of tutorials or a lot of like uh, interviews. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Or a lot of like old documentaries like that you know they're just not around anymore like old like history documentaries and shit um but yeah pretty much that like i don't really consume like i i don't really watch like any of like the um youtube creator content too much i think i might just be a little too older for that Mm. um but yeah gary v channel is tight yeah gary's on it killing it paving the way for so many creators these it's, days, it's you know? nuts it's, it's fucking, tight to watch yeah man I mean it's a whole thing now like and I think everybody should go out there and if they if they feel like they got the type of personality that they want to go and like start something of their own
0: you never know who you're gonna fucking do it you yeah. know
1: like not everybody like there's like that stigma right where it's like you're either building your dream or or you're building someone else's mm. i think that's fucking bullshit right man. yeah like there are a lot of people who bust their fucking ass and don't want to deal with the entrepreneur side or the fucking you know who are have, who are fully fully satisfied contributing their art to the world for right. you know the greater good
0: yeah exactly
1: um and i think that you know there's there's uh, room for both but if you are the type of person who you know has that in them like very well get your fucking camera going and you start twitching right now, you yeah, know, like exactly. you don't need any of the overlays or nothing. You just right. get going. You yeah. Know? If the shit's good, people will watch.
0: Yep. That's true. What do you got planned coming up here in the next like year? What's we, your goal for this year? We got an
1: album dropping in a week. And you're touring. Blessings. We're going on a tour with Soldier Common Kings, about a fifty five city.
0: At first I thought you said Soldier, and I was like, Boy? Soldier Boy. <laughs> Dude, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that'd be a dope ass tour.
1: God, the, the, the think comeback in of 2019. Is he in jail?
0: I think he went to jail. And I think he's got his own Xbox and a bunch of other shit that he just put his name on top, like a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> he's killing it.
1: I mean, it's, you know, you got like what? I'm sure he has like, at least fifty thousand activated fans yeah who if he was to get a patreon tomorrow who would subscribe Fuck yeah. so instead of a patreon he's like i'll just buy a 30 dollars xbox or Game Boy from china yeah yep. put my logo yep. on it make it look sick he did sell it for 150 i don't know why
0: i think he's in jail don't quote me probably but. for that anyway yeah probably it probably was for some fucking sketchy shit dude uh anyway sorry tour album yeah tour album i wanted to take you guys to record this album like three years well to record it only about like three weeks but three to, weeks. to you've been writing to write
1: two. it yeah we, we, we've been writing it for a while
0: how many songs do you how many songs do you think you made and then how many songs made the album
1: we made about probably like 30 records and only chose 12. wow yeah really only chose 10 but the label you know made us put two on so it's like fine <laughs> do more but i think the album's good with 10.
0: do you guys like the leftover records for that, will you guys try to use that for anything else? Like, would you ever try to like use that for placements for other artists or anything like that? Um, do people do that we'll shit? We'll probably
1: just drop it out. You know, songs are content
0: right so, now. That's what I'm like, saying.
1: Um, with the exception, if you're like, like uh, the top, top, top tier, like Drake, Ariana Grande, right, right, you know, right, like
0: right. you're, you can make one album. You can make right. one album and show for like four right, years right.
1: and you know, maybe you'll make another one. Maybe yeah. you won't. Who cares? Right. You'll still sell. Yeah. Um, but for bands, you know, like not pop stars, but for bands, you know, you gotta, you gotta be dropping shit. Mm. You know, you don't have the budgets that pop stars have, so you can't really afford to be dropping crazy videos and geniuses and knocking at your door every single to do yeah. this and all, you know, it's like, it's different. So you have to be proactive with dropping music and touring. Right. Have to, cause that's our way of existing. Mm. Um, which is you know part of the reason why I got my brother on board was right. to like yo let's fucking it exists like these pop stars too yeah. with the content you know love that because we can cheat cheat that but yeah man so that's why you see a lot of bands like they'll drop an album and then they'll drop like an EP thing or right. like, like a bonus vinyl two songs yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just
0: it's content yeah Boom. just stuff we're still here yeah here's some Don't more music
1: because you know with like urban music and like. Computer like pro- program, you know, um, specific music, it's a lot more easier to, to create product. Mm. You know, you can make, let's just say fifty beats in a week. Right. And of those fifty you put out two mixtapes, twenty five each. Shit. You know, it's it's so much harder to do that with a band.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And you gotta track the drums and you right. gotta fucking pay for that. Where are you staying at? And right. Like, all this shit, you know, so it's like it's a whole thing, rock music, right. and creating pop and urban music. Different budgets, so it's like you got to make your music sp- spread out the mm. same way if you want to exist. Yeah, the same, you know.
0: Damn. So yeah, that's the that's the tour is how long? Three Tours?
1: Months? Yeah, about two months. Two, two months. Two months, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, we got. It's just jam packed full of days. I think it's like fifty days or something like that.
0: You bring the kids out?
1: Yeah, um, for for most of it. Right. Yeah, bring the wife and kid out, and then. Yeah, that'll be dope. We're dropping a new record. We're gonna be playing a bunch of shit off that. Um, our label just va- uh, uh, ventured and partnered with Sony Music, so, which is awesome. We're That's like, Yeah, we're super stoked with that. Um,
0: so what does that provide, do you like more support?
1: yeah man for us it's fucking huge because it's like we've been predominantly independent you know working everything through like our services of 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 connects and and stuff and um now it's like we get to kind of partner with the bigger machine right so we get to have all of our releases supported through them that's dope which is great because it goes through you know the full editorial yeah playlists, and and it's like a 7x for us right that helps a lot so which is like fucking insane so for us you know we're really excited we can now kind of focus more on like what we want to do is more create experiences for every song right and every release um which again is usually typically held out for the top tier artists Mm -hmm. but you know we've been doing this for a couple years now and and getting an artist from zero to 30 is incredibly hard so you have to be very like strategic with how you do that right so that's like and in order to do that, you know, you need bigger resources. We, we need bigger resources. So this was like monumental sick. for us. Yeah. Super sick. Congrats. That's yeah, thanks, man. We got some projects we're about to be dropping soon, too. I'm excited.
0: Um, this shit was a fucking banger right here. I've, we still got to do the, the Patreon QA thing. <laughs> yeah, but, don't but, worry. Uh, before we end this for the public or whatever the fuck you call this shit, I always let you, my guests, pick like a hashtag and then I tell them to go to your Instagram and tag me at Ben World. and side. then put this hashtag you're going to put so that whatever time frame they listen to this shit, whatever your most recent photo, which obviously might stay these three photos for a while, <laughs> <laughs> but they just go and put this hashtag so we both know that they made it all the way through an hour and 26 minutes. I love it. So what, what do you want it to be? Anything you want in the
1: world? Uh, uh, black with fresh goods. Ooh,
0: I like that. We didn't even talk about Fresh Goods. We, that's the on that? that's the so, label. yeah,
1: Fresh Goods is, is my record label. Sorry, which just I'm terrible with. At which, which just partnered with Sony? Yes. Oh, okay. Word. Yeah.
0: I thought I didn't that know. That was all.
1: Yeah. That's got that's it. All got
0: it. Run. That's sick.
1: Yeah, I I just did a, uh, a podcast with like m- my boy Duddy, yeah. and it was like supposed to be like for this, and then like our album dropped. and I went like the whole hour and a half and just forgot to talk about any of that. He's <laughs> like. Oh, yeah, uh, you got an album coming out, right? Yeah, right. Like, oh, yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, terrible with that. <laughs> no, yeah. that's dope. So, Fresh Goods is the label. Um, yeah, so we, we got that whole partner thing going. Who's
0: all signed to Fresh Goods?
1: Uh, right now, we got Noah James, uh, this reggae band, Serenation, who we're going on the road with. Tight. Um, And then Dylan Holland, nice. crazy, crazy singer songwriter. And I can't announce this girl yet, but. Superstar, sick. So we're really excited.
0: Damn, that's tight. All right, cool. Well, this shit was good. We'll switch it over to the uh, Q and A. So if you guys want to listen to that shit, go uh, support us on Patreon so we can keep these fucking lights on. Yeah. Um, cool. Let's start that shit right now. Hell yeah. Ba 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 ba. That's it for episode eighty-five with Rome Ramirez, the singer of Sublime. Sublime with Rome is touring right now, so make sure to catch them on the road if they are coming to a city near you and fucking soak up the music. It was a great episode. Rome's a fucking beast. Dude's mad, talented, super smart, and I'm glad we did that. If you have any takeaways, please write them down and post them in your Instagram story and tag me and Rome. That'd be fucking dope. We'd like to see what you guys think. Also, you could drop your feedback in our YouTube comments and on iTunes. So if you fuck with the boy, go ahead and do that. That'd be dope. Um, yeah, that's it that's all i got for you guys i appreciate it if you guys want to hear this q a experience with rome please go to patreon.com slash cream you'll be able to unlock that there right away as soon as you become a patreon and take a look at all the other perks because god damn it there's a lot and they're fucking fire and shop bwc.com if you want some merch all right cool that's it i'll see you guys uh next week yeah i will i for sure will these mics sound fucking great hell of an investment but goddamn totally worth every single penny. All right. See you next week. You bitch.